All right, so I'm running, but we can start in any time. Did you have a song that you wanted to play? There's so many songs. Um, yeah. I guess um, let's let's do "Mental Breaker" by Block B. I think that's a that's a good one, and that was the song that made me very interested in them in a, as a group. Well, I guess I I can drop that in here. Um, oh, excellent! <laughs> we can just we can just really hit the ground running because, <laughs> as I said, it has been a month. Um, all right, let's go. Blockbuster. What it is, what it is, baby. before but was very helpful in talking me through some things for my previous episode on hip-hop idols and block b specifically Uh, she has a few excellent blogs and special guests would you like to introduce yourself hi i'm mary sisson um yeah i've been doing the website blockb.com for um nine years now and um i blog it about mostly block B and I'm not a very consistent blogger. So I blog when I feel like it um, at a place called my other blog. And then I also, uh, I'm an indie writer. So I have marysisson.com and there's a blog there that's a bit dated now, but it's more about indie publishing and that kind of thing. But that's, it is all kind of like several years old at this point, the stuff that's actually of interest. But, you know, if you're curious about the field that you might find something there. The indie publishing is a pretty interesting world in and of itself. When I lived in New York, um, you know, I was a, I was a worked in publishing and I was a reporter and all this kind of stuff. And I knew a lot of people who were doing books and I myself was interested in doing some books. And, you know, it was, you kind of couldn't get anywhere. I mean, I knew people who got book offers, but the advances weren't worth quitting your job for. Um, and, you know, for me, like I was 
initially very confused by my feedback, but then uh, I had this one agent who was very blunt with me and was basically like, you know, this stuff is great, but we can't market it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, which was not really what I was expecting to hear, you know? So, um, and, and he was saying, you know, 10 years ago, I could have sold this book. And I'm like, well, that's great. What am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> you know, so I just put it, um, at the time, some family stuff was going on and I moved to Seattle and I just kind of like put it on the back burner. And then after my dad passed, I was like, you know, I should just take the stuff and put it online and just put it on a blog, you know, right? I'm just, just put it online and not care about actually getting it published. Um, and then I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, about uh, eBooks and self-publishing and I was like, oh, wait, so there's this other thing you can do where you can make it a book and people can read the book and you, you don't just, it just, it, it doesn't just never happen the way this, the industry seems to be going. And um, so that's when I started doing it and I started blogging about it at the same time. And I did uh, in the Seattle area, I did some meetups about it. And it was interesting because I was meeting people who were able to quit their job after a year, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to sell anything. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that's likely to happen, but it was a better environment for getting your book out than the traditional publishing in New York with all these New York reporters and stuff like that who were well connected and all this kind of stuff. I mean, these people from Seattle were kind of starting from scratch and we're doing fine, you know. So, um, yeah, so that's where I, that's where I really started blogging about it in earnest. And then it's sort of, you know, the, the thing about reporting, it's interesting when change is happening. So if things are, are changing into something or they're falling apart, that's interesting. But once it kind of hits its stride, then it becomes really boring because you've got nothing new to say. So that started to happen with the blog, you know, where it just seemed like, okay, nothing's changing. Um, so that's when I stopped blogging about that you know, doing sort of the industry blogs. And that's when I just started, you know, I just do word counts now to kind of keep myself on track. I don't know. I feel like the book industry just, there was a lot going on and a lot that, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I mean, if you see, I feel like you see it echoed in so many of these creative fields where you have like the people at the very, very top, well-connected, you know, doing the blockbuster books even if you know even if they're not the ones writing them i mean yeah even if it's just like a brand you know john grisham or danielle Steele or you know whoever yeah and it's very much a brand and i certainly knew people who ghosted for writers you've heard of you know that that's super common in publishing it's funny because in journalism that's hugely taboo you're not supposed to say you wrote it if you didn't write it but in publishing, <laughs> nobody cares uh, to the extent I did a little ghost writing when I worked in publishing and I had it on my resume and I was really nervous about it when I went looking for new jobs because I was like, why would anyone believe this? You know, I could just be making this up and nobody, nobody batted an eye. You know, everyone's like, oh, of course you're ghost, ghost writing for someone. So, okay. And um, yeah, it's just very, very normal. And so a lot of these kind of big name writers who like crank stuff out, you know, every six months, they've got something coming out. It's not one person. The The name author is a, a possibly an editor, you know, really, you know, in terms of what they're doing. So yeah, that, that's, that's super common. And, and again, people know bad an eye at that in publishing, whereas in journalism, you're not supposed to lie. So people are like, oh, you know, like, people lose, lose their jobs over that in journalism, which I found really, yeah, that, that, that's kind of, two industries with two very different cultures and going from one to the other was 
really very amusing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the music industry definitely has a lot more in common with publishing where, mm-hmm. you know, you do have the ghost writers and the ghost producers. And um, I mean, not to like shatter anyone's uh, illusions, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, sometimes if your idol writes and produces a song, he may not or she well, may well, not well. have been the one actually <laughs> writing and producing. Could be marketing. <laughs> you know, and, it, and I feel like um, I feel like people have a hard time with that getting their their mind around that a lot of the time. So, like, I'll just say, like, you know, that Block B has what you know I'll call it, refer to as the talent doll branding, which is the talented idol branding, and I'll refer to that as a as a form of branding, and. It's like, it's not like it's necessarily not true. You know, I, I think they are talented, certainly, but, you know, it is part of their branding. So, like, certain things, they're not, like, they're not going to go and run out and buy songs from other people, unless unless the other people absolutely, you know, agree to keep this very much on the down low. You know, they're, like, they're not going to do that because that's not their branding. That's not what they do. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, and of course, I have no way of knowing, like, you know, is it 100% them or is it 100%, you know, somebody else, and, you know, they just have very committed ghostwriters or something like that. I like the end result. So that's really all I worry about. And, you know, it's like when you're talking about the branding, I'm not trying to pass some kind of moral judgment and I'm not trying to say it's a lie, but everybody has branding whatever your branding is, everyday low prices, that's branding, you know, and maybe that is where you go for everyday low prices. But also, you know, we're the idols with talent, that's branding. And you know, you have to kind of keep things consistent with that brand. Yeah. And I mean, it comes down to the fact that idols are not journalists, you know, they're not, <laughs> right. you know, and they can lie. Particular are not <laughs> you know, you know. They say things to be amusing. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it, they're not, I, th- I feel like most consumers who are used to the you know the idol format are not expecting them to be telling you the exact truth at all times every time you know um they may you know they may say (laughs) things like uh oh yeah i haven't dated in seven years right when you know this is a handsome young man in the prime (laughs) of his career and you're kind of like and then they're really crawling all over each other (laughs) to get at him and yet (laughs) he suspiciously he hasn't touched a woman in seven years he doesn't even think about it he doesn't even think about it for such as his love for his fans. <laughs> but, and, and that's, I, th- I think we can actually use that as a pivot to talking about the group Block B because one of the things that I like about them and that's very much with how they are is that from a fan service standpoint, they are very much a parody of a K-pop group. So they will say things like, you know, I mean, they will make jokes about groupies. They will make jokes about marrying their fans and stuff like that. I mean, they're a lot more um, uh, blunt <laughs> kind of stuff. And, you know, and it's not intended to be taken seriously. But, um, yeah, there there's always sort of this parody element to what they're saying. And, uh, um, you know, and it's interesting how much it actually really pisses people off sometimes. <laughs> and people get really, what are they saying? <laughs> you know? like, they're not committed to me. Like, no.
fans are expecting one thing and here comes block b saying <laughs> the like like what they're not supposed to which yeah again it's their brand so i i can understand people's confusion or and sometimes like real concern when they first see the group and they're just like these people look like idiots and they sound they sound terrible. Um, uh, and uh, uh, I mean, musically, they're good. But I mean, like the things that they say are just like, you know, I pee in the shower. Sometimes it just comes out, you know, something like that. I mean, like, you know, they, they will share. <laughs> you know? And, uh, um, you know, and I understand people being so baffled by it because the first time I saw Gangnam Style, the video, I had no idea what I was looking at because th- that was certainly at a time when there was a lot of like, look at these funny Asian people and laugh at them. So that was your first introduction to K-pop was Gangnam Style? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And because what I'd heard was, uh, um, well, yeah. So, you know, this is probably going to really be sad to you. But, you know, in the 90s, there was a lot for J-pop. But it was this complete, are you a creepy fetishist? <laughs> J-pop is for you, you know. You know, yeah. and I was like, here, well, there's, you know, I I had friends who were serious musicians who liked some Japanese musicians and stuff like that. But I worked in this office with this one guy who was uh, very, yeah, he wound up being a problem for me. But anyway, and there was this particular Japanese pop singer who was really, you know, I'd heard he was really into. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't know anything about Japanese music scene. And and kids remember there wasn't always the internet <laughs> so, so trying to get um, music from japan would involve special ordering albums that would be like 40 dollars. and if you don't know what they're going to sound like you know what's the point so i was like oh you know so there's this uh there's this uh singer you're really interested in um you know what's her name does she sound really interesting and, uh, and he was going yeah 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 oh yeah you know i'm really into it and i was like so is the music good and he's like no no it's terrible you know <laughs> i'm just like Oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, and that, that was kind of the level of respect you people had for, for, for J-pop, you know? Um, yeah, he was just a big creepy, a real creep show. So, um, you know, that was his interest was not in the music. And, uh, um, you know, so that kind of thing was a real turnoff, obviously. And, and I just, you know, it's like, come get engaged with K-pop. Like, no, I don't think so, <laughs> you know? But then the, with the Gangnam Style video, everyone was like saying, oh, it's so funny, it's so funny, it's so funny, you have to watch it. So I was watching it and yeah, I was very uncomfortable the first time I watched it because I wasn't sure if this Psy fellow was in on the joke. Like, am I laughing with him or am I laughing at him? And then the whole business happens with the elevator opening up and the guy doing the pelvic thrust. I'm like, okay, he knows the, he knows this is a joke. He means this to be funny, you know? So, um, yeah, so I can, I, can, I can relate to people kind of looking at Block B going like, what, what the hell is this? But it's very funny. And the more you know about K-pop, I think the funnier it gets. Yeah, and I remember encountering Block B like way back in the day and liking a few of their songs, but not really going past that for, for whatever reason, you know, I had a million things going on. Um, so I was really, you had a life. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was writing on Bollywood blog at the time, but yeah, so it was just kind of interesting reading your impressions and, um, just how everything kind of fits together. And especially since I've spent so much time immersed in K-pop boy groups over the last few mm. years, how much it really does kind of come through how irreverent they are and um but in a way you know it's I mean I just said that you know they're they're not journalists they're not meant to be authentic but there there was that candor to them yeah um and I don't know how you know where you I mean if we just want to dive in but the um the incident uh in Thailand 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a great place to start, but let's start a little bit back before okay. then, because okay. I think that that we should. I mean, I I, I would advise listeners to, uh, <laughs> to listen to the hip hop idol podcast uh, that Carrie did last first, kind of before this. But um, you know, you you have this world of hip hop in Korea, and it exists in a lot of ways in opposition to the kid-friendly, mm. very polished idol K-pop scene. So the, the in hip-hop, people don't wear makeup. They they try to look like crap. They talk about smoking and drinking and girls, and they are, they, they are always claiming that they're not friends. Uh, whereas in, you know, in idol pop, they're always claiming that they are friends. So this kind of thing of them being a hip-hop, K-pop group, but then, and then being a group that always makes fun of K-pop, that 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 sort of makes sense in that context. They started out working for um, Cho PD, who kind of put the group together. <laughs> <laughs> Cho PD, Where to begin? Where to yeah. begin with Cho PD? Cho PD. I mean, I'll just I just want to kind of throw out before he did Block B, Cho PD worked with a underground rapper named Doki, and it was the first person who Doki worked for Doki skills weren't quite up to the level. Cho PD was like, you suck, um, you know, and, and kicked him out of there. And all that sounds just kind of like a normal work experience, like a bad first job, but Doki was 11 at the time. So, you know, he's 11 and Cho PD is like, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> Get out of here, you know, and that kind of thing. And that kind of uh, unwillingness to protect these teens from, the harsher side of the uh, workplace, I think, was very, very something you'll see a lot of with his interactions with Block B. But anyway, so he 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 starts them up. Uh, they have their bad, you know. I I don't like it. Some people do like it. I don't like their 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 debut songs. They have a couple more songs that don't go anywhere. Then they do Nalina, and that winds up being a big hit. And then almost immediately after. Um, they went to Thailand uh, right after the, a big flood there, and uh, they were they were actually doing a concert that was very, um, you know, it was supposed to be like a fundraiser for flood flood victims. But in the interview room, when they're doing this interview, they're being wacky, you know, because that's kind of what they're for, you know, they're there to be wacky, and they're being wacky, they're being silly, and in the middle of this silly wacky thing, what somebody asked them, you know, so what about the flood victims, you know, <laughs> and, um, which is not a great context for that to happen. But anyway, what uh, what Zico says is like, oh, well, we're here to raise money for them. And one of the other guys says, oh, so you have money. And he says, oh, I, I don't have 700 won. And that got picked up and kind of mistranslated by the Thai, you know, Thai media as him saying he would not give them 700 won. Then the whole thing starts to blow up. Because as you were saying, you know, uh, idol K-pop is a very export-oriented um, field and Koreans know it. So they actually got someone from like the uh, Korea Thailand Commerce Center uh, to say that um, they were damaging relations between Thailand and Korea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 2 p.m. Uh, has a Thai member and he, mm -hmm. you know, stepped up and he stepped out he there said something. All of, yeah. Yeah. All of, a sudden, all of 2 p.m.'s fans are like, let's kill them. And yeah. Uh, and, you know, and as you noted in your previous podcast, you know, Cho PD, when he started this group, he was like, we're here to take on Big Bang. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're going to grind them into meatloaf, you know, you know, and uh, or at least that's that's he didn't say he was going to grind them into meatloaf. But, you know, that's how, very much how it was taken by the Big Bang fan base. Yeah. So you have this huge thing, you know, happening, which was admittedly very was bad. 
And then the way Cho PD decided to deal with it, um, you know, so it was like Zico shaved his head and apologized. And then Cho PD just sort of pulled the group out of the public eye for months. And, uh, you know, and that was kind of like not a great way to handle you know, these, these, you know, scandal type of things. I don't think so, you know, to just kind of like pull them off. And, uh, and this is where it starts getting really dark. So trigger warnings to the listeners, but yeah, um, PO saw a online petition saying that they should all commit suicide. And he had a nervous breakdown and had to be hospitalized. Uh, Zico apparently, they're very vague about what happened, but some form of self-harm, um, he sort of copped to that. That, and he sort of vanished for uh, a while just by himself. So they were performing without him uh, when they did perform, which they didn't do very often. So they, they, so it was just, it was not a great way of handling this situation, you know, to just kind of pull them off. And apparently within the company, it was just like, you know, you guys are through, you know, because uh, when they went to do Blockbuster, they didn't have a producer. And so Zico paid out of his own pocket. He learned how to do the software and all that kind of stuff. And that's where, you know, Blockbuster New Lily Mambo came from. And that was, you know, a huge hit for them. So yeah, it was, um, it was bad. Um, you know, it was a bad uh, time and a bad scene. And I, you know, and was not handled in a way, I don't think, to make it any less bad. I don't think that Cho PD was really capable of, uh, you know, making people feel better about what was going on in their workplace. Well, he had, I mean, he has terrible sort of media skills. Um, <laughs> but what, what struck me about that incident um, when I was reading up on um, Block B and, and their history for the, the previous episode I did was that, you know, I, I feel like they were a group who were encouraged to be sort of candid and jokey. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of put in this sort of diplomatic situation, which they may not have been prepared for, right? Yeah, because yeah, they're all like 19 at the time. Yeah, and, you know, they're 19-year-old boys um, who have been encouraged to behave a certain way. Right. And so, you know, yes, the comments were insensitive, but I, I do think that they felt bad. And, oh, you yeah. know, sometimes, you know, idols will make apologies and it doesn't, f <laughs> you know, it just kind of feels like, well, you know, I have to make an apology, but <laughs> I, you, know, you do get the feeling that they, that they, they felt bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you can, they, I don't know if it's still on YouTube or not. There used to be the, the video, their apology video was on YouTube. I didn't and, find the video, but uh, you know, you yeah, can find um, Zico with the shaved head performing. Shaved head. Yeah. And, and it's in, yeah. That, in that video, they all look like they're crying and they, they used to have, um, you know, this was, back in the day where it was, I, th I think, more of an effort to kind of communicate to people what had actually happened in the Thailand incident. But yeah, the interview used to be on YouTube. They used to have that as, you know, kind of a more accurate translation of what Zico actually had on YouTube and they had their apology on YouTube. And that's all been, uh, whoever put that up has pulled it all down at this point, you know, but yeah, I mean, they look like they're all about to throw up and weep. I mean, it, it's very viscerally upsetting because they are young people. Like, you know, I mean, as we were talking before, I'm, I'm 51. So I feel very like, yeah, and, and I'm 40. So it's, you yeah. know, where, but, but I think that's Where's another thing too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the, um, you know, as, as sort of that auntie age, like looking back, like, you know, young men, it, there's a certain amount of uh, goofing off that they do. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility to put on, on young oh, people. Yeah. And oh, it, yeah. Yeah. the responsibility for foreign relations with Thailand. <laughs> yeah, for foreign relations with Thailand with no, no support. And I think you see this over and over again in 
um, the sort of these K-pop circles where you have these young groups that are expected to be doing all of this diplomacy stuff and you're mm-hmm. like you never finished high school <laughs> right 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 and the high school you went to was a performing arts, but the school, performing you know? arts school. Like, <laughs> yeah and there's no absolutely no support from the people that are supposed to be supporting them and you mm-hmm. know that's where it's like the young rapper who got screwed over by chopd but i mean you see that over and over again yeah you know, sending eleven-year-old Boa like off to Japan, and yeah. um, even um, <laughs> yeah, like G Dragon. Yeah. What was he like? Seven when he got oh, scouted, yeah. uh, and um, yeah. yeah. But there's so many that like don't make it. Like um, G yeah. uh, Soul, the singer G Soul, was like a JYP trainee for. I mean, he got really screwed over. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's just like yeah uh, not and, a yeah not a, a a fairy tale industry by any means no and and the thing is that for me that that type of situation like a more experienced celebrity at least an american celebrity because i've seen this happen where the celebrity is in like you know i i don't know it's spring break you know wet t-shirt special or whatever it is and then some reporter comes up and asks them about you know i don't know homeless children from the war, you know, or whatever it is. And they'll just cuss the reporter out, you know, because that's that it's just a, it's a circumstance that is designed to make the celebrity look bad and whether the reporter means it or not. But, you know, if you're asking somebody a horribly serious question in a very light atmosphere, of course they look completely inconsiderate and they look like they're very insensitive. Um, it's, that's very hard to avoid. Um, and more experienced celebrities will just tell you to get lost. But of course, with Block B, like like you could you could kind of see in that the, the video that's not any not there anymore, so everyone has to take my word for it. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know you can see his ego kind of like starting to look more serious because the question's been directed to him. But then all the guys are still goofing off because that's what they've been doing. You know, they're still like grabbing each other's feet and horsing around on the sofa. So they're much better about that. Because you still are expected to do that in Korea as a K-pop person. It's like, okay, now we're doing this, you know, doing fundraisers and doing stuff like that. There's nothing like wrong about that part of it. But if you're not really prepared for it, like, so now whenever they're, you know, giving some kind of message to support because something bad has happened or whatever it is, you know, you can see it's, it's very controlled. It's like, this will be a video by itself. You know, it will be in a very appropriate environment and we will all look very appropriate as we do it. It's a hard thing to to spring on a kid, you know, because, of course, you're just going to answer the question. Yeah. And, and I mean, to an extent, it's like, you know, why are we looking? I mean, this is like the age old question. Like, why do we care what these celebrities like? Think yeah. About serious <laughs> world events anyway. Does anyone really need to know George Clooney's opinion on like, <laughs> <laughs> like landmines? He's like, George Clooney. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, do we really need Bono's opinion on famines? Like it's, but you know, it's just a natural, I guess, human impulse. But yeah, I mean, definitely now the answers are a lot more beauty queen, like Miss America, like I love world peace, um, yeah. which, you know, fair enough because they have to balance a lot of different politics a lot of different cultures a lot of different countries Mm -hmm. um you know and what what may be well accepted in uh you know amongst um say like uh fans in indonesia um, right is not going to fly in america necessarily Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and that's that's certainly something that you've seen um, well, like with the hip hop scene in Korea, you know, mm. realizing like, no, you cannot use the N word, um, you know, stuff like that, where, um, you know, the early uh, seasons of Show Me the Money, they wouldn't bleep that word because Snoop Dogg uses it. So, hey, so can yeah, I. But there's no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is something I've, I've talked about 
over and over again, but just the idea that like, that not everyone is exposed to these norms that, you know, right. and they're so, then they change so fast. I mean, even here in the U.S., like something you could have said with no problem five years ago, today will get you like kicked off Twitter. And it's like how, you know, if we can barely keep up with it, you know, how is somebody <laughs> old, old that, that, yeah, old people that we are, like, if I can barely keep up with, like, what am I supposed to say? Um, you know, how is somebody that doesn't even speak English or right. who doesn't follow the English language conversations around appropriate language supposed right. to keep up with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you have people who, I mean, that's something that's happened over and over again. And I feel like this is something where, like, it would be nice if the labels were a little more clueful sometimes. But yeah. um, there have been things where... Uh, somebody covered some, you know, she covered like a Beyonce song or something like that anyway, and used the N word and she didn't speak English at all. Like she literally had yeah. no idea what she was saying, you know? And so, you know, it's all, all of a sudden everybody hates you, you know? And it's like, ah, you know? Um, well, yeah. and then the other thing that's happened with this um, and I, that I've noticed, and I've talked a little bit about this, like in, well, just in Twitter DMs, but now that the industry has kind of woken up to the fact that things like using the N word or dreadlocks, will cause like a big fuss amongst international fans mm -hmm. they're using it as kind of an outrage marketing because i've oh, seen yeah. it on, on multiple i mean it's a pretty yeah. common thing especially with young newly yeah. debuted groups where it's kind of like how can we get some buzz oh i know like this will make everyone mad they'll start talking about it uh, mm. we issue a petition but then everyone knows my group's name no such thing as bad publicity and to an <laughs> extent like i mean because i've seen it done uh like MCND, um, oh, what's the, there's like that, that girl group with like the ethnic hip, um, mm. I mean, they, they do it like every comeback. I don't know the group you're talking about, but like certainly other groups have done that where it's like, like every comeback is like now, now today we're going to offend Indians, you know, or mm -hmm, whatever. Mm -hmm. like, you know, or <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of that is like a genuine misguided attempt to reach out to international fans because sometimes I, people mm, are very clueless, but, or how much of it is just like, yeah. Or, or just thinking that. I um, think it depends like incident yeah. by incident. Cause some stuff you're kind of like, mm, yeah, no, you did this to get, <laughs> like to get attention people are learning i mean it's better than mm. it was um at least in hip-hop circles you know but uh, um like again you know just like people cluing in that certain things you just don't get to say you know and and there used to be a lot of you know the thing too with with korean hip-hop is that you have to keep in mind that the like people like tiger jk uh, you know, the big kind of old lions of Korean hip hop, they're American, they're Korean American. And there was this whole thing about it being an American style music. And the more American you were, uh, the better it was. And that kind of led to really weird things, you know, or, uh, you know, and, and also the more African American, you know, but it was like this idea that if you mimic the people you see doing it on television, then you're kind of, it's more of a tribute to it. And I think that they're less 
horribly close now. Yeah, um, yeah, as things have gotten more global. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's definitely something to that. I mean, um, yeah, like Tableau from Epic High is Korean American. Um, Canadian, Canadian. Oh, is he Canadian? Yes, I believe so. But he went to school in Stanford, you know, so... He, but I, I, I believe, okay. And then everyone's going to be like, no, you're wrong. He's from Arizona or something like that. But I believe he grew up in Canada and then went to school in the United States. But I'm not 100% sure on that one. We can, anyway, we can fact check that one. Um, yeah, we should leave yeah. him alone. <laughs> yeah, poor Tableau. If people don't know about Tableau, they might not know about it. That's part of the reason why I bought the blockbee.com domain name was because, you know, people paid mm. someone ten thousand dollars to say that they never saw tableau at, at stanford oh that's so, crazy oh yes yeah. <laughs> and people went to jail over that uh, somebody actually went to prison for it um you know but yeah so that was sort of uh the thing where i was like oh jesus i better put my money where my mouth is on this because um they will <laughs> yeah 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 no but the, i mean like fans are crazy like fans <laughs> are crazy and like and and k-pop fans today in 2022 want to say that like oh in the old days there used to be knife fights or whatever yeah but i mean fans mm. today are insane like mm. i've encountered them um <laughs> like, yeah and, i've and been it's... i've been accused of being a, a paid shill for like every major um <laughs> like no one pays me anything like right, i do right. i talk but you know when free. i was a reporter that used to happen all i mean i was regularly accused of being a paid shill like for whom no one could quite figure yeah out. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's just insane i mean which it does happen like sure but oh, yeah. um but i mean i feel like the people that are paid they're like the social media plans those are the people that are on that are that are in the fan dms like trying to get you to <laughs> um like be on message about stuff like <laughs> but yeah the like the fan i feel like the the crazy fan behavior i mean it's maybe migrated more online but i mean it's still out there like people are still yeah. paying for flight information um yeah, they're still true. like uh, you know, stalking people's vans, causing accidents. Um, I mean, all of that stuff still goes on. It's yeah. nothing. Is, I mean, nothing really has changed. No, and what's, what's funny, I mean, again, you know, when you're talking about Block B, you're talking about a certain level of honesty. Um, you know, they've made very public statements telling people to get, get away from the dorm. And uh, Tail, who's the the lead singer of the group, uh, it early and earlier on there were people standing outside their dorm and he came out to them and said, don't you have anything better? To do? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. No, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't.
maybe we could just start with like so who is uh do you want to give us a better sense of like who who the members is? are yeah yeah okay and yeah and you know what you can pop in music from the middle oh. <laughs> oh i will i'm gonna be a nice hard cut <laughs> yeah so it's it starts at um you know so zico who's a, a big solo artist now is like the leader of the group and he's well-known rapper he's uh he kind of was the sort of famous one before they began as a group because he was the uh he was on the radio a lot as like this underground rapper and um park young uh also did that sort of thing also a rapper and uh uh he's but he's been more of like a variety star uh at this point um he's had some some hit singles but he's mostly uh known for uh, doing Problematic Men and uh, um, some of the other variety shows. So then you have P.O., and P.O. is the one who sounds like Top. Uh, (laughs) And he hates that, but anyway, uh, he has the deep, raspy voice. And and he actually, at this point, is no longer with a music label. Uh, He is doing acting and variety. Um, I don't think exclusively, but that's that seems like that's going to be his career focus. And he's in he's enlisted now. Yeah, and so and Park Young is still enlisted. So there's two are still enlisted. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So those are the so those are your rappers, and then um, your singers. uh, Well, you have your actually there's there's two singers and dancers. So the dancers are B Bomb and Yuguan, and uh, and Yuguan's kind of hard because in English his name is spelled Yuquan. But it's a Korean name, and he's and it's his name, so he says it Yuguan. So I tend to say it Yuguan. Um, yeah, so they're they're the dancers, and they sing, and Yuguan uh, raps, and then you have Jo, who's uh, kind of the face of the group. He is the um, <laughs> he he's a singer, but he um, he was the one who was kind of a model before. Yeah, he was supposed to be in Beast, whatever whatever label they're with. Then his knees blew out, so he would have been bloppy. <laughs> <laughs> And then the lead singer is Tail, who is a small guy with uh, lots of tattoos, <laughs> like very brightly colored tattoos. He has a big tattoo across the back of his neck, the gorilla smoking a cigar. Um, great singing voice, does a lot of uh, music type shows in Korea. Um, and so they have to like cover him with tape. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, if you don't know about tattoos are sort of associated with gang stuff in Korea. Uh, so, uh, you're not really supposed to do that on like the kid friendly hours. So so he sings ballads and wears tape on his neck. Yeah. No, the, um, if the tattoos are controversial too, like with idol fans, they'll just, the, like the fan sites and stuff will just airbrush them out. Oh, well, now he knows that for me. (laughs) I mean, he's like, he used to have. Uh, smaller tattoos that were kind of, you know, that had that kind of look where you you got them in different places at different times, and this one when you were drunk or whatever. He's had them done over, so they're all these. Um, they're like something you would get out of a bubblegum machine. They're these kind of old school, very colorful, like animals and things like that. Um, they're 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 very. I I I I like them because it's a consistent look on the body, you know. Where it's, I think a lot of times tattoos kind of look a little haphazard even if people will get nice a nice sleeve on the left nice sleeve on the right and they don't match each other at all and tail is very like there was there was a vision there (laughs) yeah no i I have um if you travel you know with enough like ex-punks and in those circles you see a lot of uh interesting tattoos yeah gotten at different times yeah that don't look at all alike (laughs) right (laughs) yeah that's what he used it but they were smaller so he was able to cover them up with these Big, the big ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So. The ones you get when you have more money. <laughs> <laughs> he like rented out a shop room and, and it, you know, it's like in a, in a, where there were stores that, and he just had fish aquariums. He's like very into fish. He's a weird guy, but anyway, <laughs> so he had like this, this big thing of fish and it's like fish and tattoos. That's where his money goes. <laughs> Look, there are many worse ways to spend your money. Fish and tattoos sounds pretty okay to me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, by by 2013, if we're going to continue on with the story oh, yeah, here, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, my impression was kind of that like they 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 ditched Cho PD. Yeah, they weren't getting paid, so they did. Right. They did Nalina and Lily Mambo, which were both very popular songs. Bangers, yeah, yeah, and they weren't getting paid, and uh, which um, is a big problem if you uh, have like. A couple of like big like big hits, hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, well, where's my money? And this was, yeah. Did you watch the um, uh, Lance Bass from InSync did this documentary um, no. about like <laughs> Lou Pearlman? But they have this big scene where you know they've been touring. They had like the number one album in the country, so like a million copies, and they were gonna get their checks. And they're like, okay, so is it like a million dollars? Like, what am I getting here? <laughs> like, there's this whole big, the whole big presentation, and they're they're at this dinner, like steak dinner or whatever. And Lou Perlman hands him a check for ten thousand dollars <laughs> for each or for all of them. I believe it was each. Okay, but even that than nothing, yeah, but still ten thousand dollars for busting your ass. <laughs> So, yeah. yes, continue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are people who are very fond of being like, well, there's no money and this stuff and all this kind of stuff. It's like, there's no, it's like with streaming. There's no money going to mm-hmm. the artist. You mm-hmm. know, there's money. <laughs> You're just not getting any. Yeah. Yeah. And with, yeah. with, with this, you know, there, there was the whole business where the, the CEO had stole money from the parents and stuff like that. Uh, you know, so they went to court and, they had kind of like two big things when they went to court. They had they they said that they were owed something like uh, it's like about four hundred thousand uh, dollars hadn't been paid. But the other thing that they wanted was they wanted their money from their soundtrack songs, and the court decided that Chopidi did owe them that four hundred thousand dollars or so. They were saying it was fraud, and the court was saying, "Well, I, you know, we don't know it's fraud." You know, and then I, later on, the court's like, with a different case, the court's like. Okay, it's wrong. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, this time it was like he, they just got kind of sent back to to make a settlement. You know, nobody won. They got a, you know went back. They kind of just got sent back to figure out, you know, to make a settlement. But the thing is, is what the court found was that their contract said that they would not get paid for the soundtrack songs, and it was just like that was in their contract, and they apparently did not know that. <laughs> and, um, well, I mean, it's it's like you see this over and over again with like the and like the uh, TVXQ lawsuit where they're mm. like you know i didn't realize i was signing my entire life away yep. at the age of 17 you know yeah yeah, yeah i mean the, th- the thing that for me with that with the tvxq stuff was like them saying okay so you know something i think labor law does apply to <laughs> right yes i think contract law applies Sh- to yes. <laughs> really <laughs> wow amazing but again it comes back to this thing and i i think i did say it in in if I didn't say it in the previous episode, I said it in other episodes where, I mean, K-pop for the longest time, it was adjacent to the illegal marketplace, if mm. not sharing uh, funding. 
you know, mm. it wasn't a, a business that nice people got into. I mean, you know, where do you get the money to start up a, 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 an entertainment industry, you know, a, unless you're independently wealthy. But um, so, I mean, there are a lot of unsavory characters who got mixed up in sort of the early eras of K-pop. That's who had money. Money. I fucking hate money, money, money. She'll be now seriousness. It's interesting to me because, um, like in Europe, you know, like in the Renaissance and stuff like that, um, if you were an actor, it was just kind of assumed you were a prostitute. There There was a lot of that idea that it was just performing was just inherently unsavory work. And yeah, I do kind of wonder if there's that element. I don't know, you know, with well, that element going on too. Where- yeah. I mean, especially with the female idols, because mm-hmm. um, there was that, that really sad uh, yes. suicide for the boys yeah. over flowers actress where she basically said, you know, she I was, she was getting pimped out by her manager and there's always the rumors about um sponsors and you know all of this obviously like allegedly i'm not saying anything right happens we don't we don't know yeah we don't know but but we do know that there are rumors um and so yeah it's it's not a respectable business or at least when it 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 hadn't been a respectable business there was some case too that was kind of the other court case where uh you know kind of kind of saying yes uh k-pop workers are legal workers <laughs> you need to, right. to get the full protection of law um which was uh um it was a group of trainees and one of them beat the other up and you know as like you know quote unquote correction for coming in late or whatever the hell he yeah. was doing he wasn't supposed to be doing um not the sort of thing you normally get punched in the face for but he did and it was like oh well yeah he can sue over that, you know, like it's not legal to punch people in the face at yeah, your place of work. Yeah. Okay. There was that, in, there was the, um, the trainees or were they even debuted that a uh, group? I mean, this was just a couple of years ago, took their company to court for beating and starving. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it still happens, you know, it still not, happens. Yeah. No, but at least, at least when it happens now, there seems to be more clarity on the fact that it is illegal. It is. Illegal. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's where it gets ner- nerve wracking to me is when they're just yeah. like, oh, you think that's legal? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, this is the kind of stuff where I get really frustrated that we have all of these, you know, alleged K-pop journalists out there mm. and none of them seem no. interested in like, especially the ones like, okay, you know, they've got like rose emoji in Twitter <laughs> signature, <laughs> they're like so- hashtag socialists and yet uh, K-pop labor law not not of interest to them very very interesting yeah the thing about korea's media landscape in general is that it's not good you know because uh the the newspapers and stuff like that were all kind of run by the military dictatorship when it was there so they're kind of not this 
long tradition of independent media and, and people in Korea, like they like get their news from YouTube and stuff like that. There's a lot of that sort of thing going on where they've kind of worked their way around. And that's a problem because, you know, I'll, people will translate stuff into English and be like, oh, okay, it's accurate. You know, it's in English and it's not. I mean, I, yeah. I, uh, I did a post one time where it's just a whole list of, uh, there was a, there was a scandal involving a certain university and some K-pop star. And what they did was that they were like, oh, well, netizens speculate that the K-pop star is G-Dragon or Zico or, you know, who else? Brad Pitt, you know, or whatever, you know. And it was just all these big names. And they would just include the names in the article about the university. And like, you know, and literally I found like a hundred of these articles, you know, if you just searched um, and, and none of these big names had anything to do with the story, yeah. but it's, it's all about, you know, search terms and getting clicks and stuff like that. And yeah, if you just put something in as, you know, they just are not, they're not careful, you know, they're not worried about getting sued clearly, um, you know, because it just becomes this whole thing where they just like, oh, well, someone said it could be this guy. So I guess it is because he's really famous. So, <laughs> yeah, well, and then there's like, it's, it's like, there's an international game of telephone too, where mm -hmm. then you have the international fans who rely on the English translations, yeah. e either just taking everything in the press at 100% face value that, that whatever this Korean tabloid or, and, or, um, you know, Korean industry rag, you know, like they, there's no sense of understanding that the media also has a narrative to push, mm -hmm. um, that the media is also like, they're looking for clicks, right. um, from, it doesn't matter if they're from international fans, if anyone's actually reading the article or just clicking on it because it, it mentioned their idol in a positive light and they want to support them. Like it did none of this they just take it at face value um yeah. to an extent that i don't think they would for domestic um, no American I mean, press. like you would get into i mean i just don't you know i mean granted i was a business reporter not an entertainment reporter right but in my mind if you took a story about some scandal and you just stuck chris evans name in there right because he's famous um you know, you would get in so much trouble. <laughs> right. Like, oh, like, say, like, the um, the scandal of the college admissions, right? Right. And right. so, yeah, so it was Lori Laughlin. Oh, and then, you know, what article is going to be like, oh, and maybe Chris Evans was involved. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Angelina was involved. Yeah. Maybe G-Dragon was involved. Oh, maybe G-Dragon and Zico were trying to get their <laughs> illegitimate kids in. Who knows? Oh, but yeah, God. you would never say that. You would never say that. Yeah. And you would just get burned to the ground. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I just don't, you know, and you would get burned to the ground internally. Like you would, you know, people get blacklisted in journalism and, and you can't get a job you know, um, that, or, you know, you're, you're stuck with the really trashy tabloids, you know, I mean, which I guess is fine for some people, but yeah, you know, you, you get, um, you're, if you're coming up with that type of thing where people are having to print those types of corrections for your work, be like, uh, well, it turned out that Chris Evans was not, <laughs> he doesn't have kids. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Go a simple Google search would have, <laughs> that's right on Wikipedia. You know? But when it um, comes, yeah, when it comes to K-pop, it's like everyone turns off their brains. Cause there was, I mean, that awful article on, um, from, from in the New Yorker about sort of oh, yeah. K-pop and, and K-pop fans, which by Tim, I Kim, didn't, read because I, it is not the first awful article on K-pop from the New Yorker. <laughs> Honestly, I think the John Seabrook Factory Girls was better. 
At oh, least okay. he was honest about his sort of, uh, I don't know, biases. Interest. <laughs> interest in Girls' Generation. Um, probably wouldn't be interested in them today as they are in grown women. Um, but, but yeah, it's just like, you know, there were blatant errors not corrected. Um, mm. The article said nothing new, like that, that, but no one, you know, it doesn't matter because everyone yeah. clicked on it. So, yeah, people she, clicked on it. Yeah. And, and K pop isn't like viewed as, I mean, I, it's I not a serious with subject. Entertainment and with sports is that they're not mm. viewed as important subjects necessarily. So they don't really get the same scrutiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, for, you know, but for the New Yorker, you kind of hope for better, but not necessarily. No. Um, but yeah, and the, the other thing is that it was, uh, you know, just the thing that she did with, um, yeah, we keep talking about people who've committed suicide for some reason. But <laughs> anyway, the poor guy from Shiny. Yes, Jonghyun. Yeah. Jonghyun. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know. Throwing him in for no reason. Throwing him in for no reason. And, Incredibly and, insensitive. Yeah. And I mean, like, she would never in a million years, and they would, and the editors would catch it, be like, well, off when Robin Williams was off committing suicide, my favorite comedian was doing awesome, you know, like, yeah, he, they yeah. never put that in there, not in a million years, but they're Korean. So, okay, you know, it's Ferenia, you know, it's just a bunch of uh, foreign people in a foreign place doing their it's foreign like, things. In yeah, a foreign and, land. and like, it's something too, I found like the, even just the foreign names, it's like people get this mind blindness and they, they just can't mm. understand them as human. It's, it's so bizarre. Um, and you yeah. see it, you see it all the time. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they'll, they'll, yeah, like they'll have their, their chosen people that they know and those people are real, but everyone <laughs> else it's just like. And like for, for like, for example, like with the Korean hip hop, you know, one of the things that's very uh, big in Korean hip hop is um, wordplay. You know, that's, mm. that's a huge part of it in Korean, in English, in English and Korean word playing together. You know, if you can do that, that's yeah. awesome. And so people will clue in, oh, there's some wordplay here because, you know, some there's some English or this. Well, this is this in English, but it's that in Korean. So ha ha. Uh, and they'll be like, oh, you think they meant to do that? <laughs> no <laughs> you know or they said something provocative you think they understand what that means like yes. yeah that that guy's 32 i think he knows what he's saying yes oh my god yeah and and you see it over and over and over again where mm -hmm. like oh they didn't mean it like it, it's ridiculous and the way that i see um you know grown women women our age like talking about uh some of these younger idols as if they're they're children. I mean, these are men in their thirties or you know their twenties right. and thirties. Like they're not children. Like I'm sorry. Right. Like right. these are grown men. Yeah, um, grown, grown men, and and oftentimes, I mean, with like ten years, fifteen years experience in the, in the industry, business. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's where you know, like you see that now with you know, like because Blackie's older now. You know, mm. is that really? Oh, my boys are. What do they do? And it's like. You know, they've been around the block a few times, you know. I, 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 I think they can figure out what should be in their contracts better than you can. You yeah, know? yeah. And then the other thing, too, is that if they've signed a bad contract at age, you know, yeah. 27, that's not baby signing his yeah. first contract. Like, right. that's, you know, it may suck. Right. Um, but that's, a, that's, a that's the reality that. of life. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... Yeah, I mean, and this is where you get to the um, the fans with their just bizarre expectations of of what it is that they're signing up for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing this? Yeah. 
And, Why isn't he doing what I want him to do when I want him to do it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very odd. It's interesting because, you know, like with Zico, you know, he after they got away from uh, Chokidi's label, they went to work with uh, Seven Seasons, which is now KQ. And then Zico left and started his own label. And there were people who were like, well, now he'll finally do fan service right. You know, and it's like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> and lo and behold, you know, he does very little in the way of fan signs. He does very little in the way of, of uh, you know, like music show appearances, all the stuff that people were complaining about yeah. under his old label. He's still doing it because guess what? He ran the group. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, there you go. You know, that's that's what you're dealing with. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it gets a little like, I, I, I just, I just find it so funny because, you know, here's this group that doesn't like take fan service seriously. And then people are like, oh, they, they're, they just, they're just being prevented. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> right. Right. And then like at any moment it, they're going to be freed from this alleged restrictive contract and they're going to be doing that fan signing and wearing the silly hats and the flower crowns <laughs> and making, you know, which he does do. He just doesn't do it very often. <laughs> Which, but it's it's so funny. a good place to kind of talk about um like how k-pop k-pop as an industry really does try to sell you this um image of itself and uh, they, they really want fans to feel like experts to feel like they're part of their in like fans are we're in we're in the in group we know we get all the business decisions we get all the business news we know stocks we know we know um, we know what's going on and and we yeah. we have the power we, you know that, yes, that's right yeah we, yeah we can we can we can we can make things different. yeah we're gonna we're you know like super super junior fans literally buying like um a, a not insignificant amount of sm stock to try to influence decisions i mean yeah. <laughs> you know well, and, and sometimes it's, least, it is good like, to, like like they seem to understand yeah. how stocks work right. yeah <laughs> but, uh, unlike but other groups not how SM works because sm yeah. doesn't really yeah yeah they need to get in with like planning or something like that. yeah yeah well, but it's just one of those things where like it's because so much of this is sold to us as um content the the album makings and the um concert planning and the behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. i think fans again like we were saying i think they forget that a lot of this is staged so when you see the quote-unquote candid video of your boys in the boardroom with the ceo uh (laughs) like that's scripted like i'm sorry that's scripted that's not like a real business meeting (laughs) so like <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, are they all standing in the corner looking sad while we'll seeing <laughs> As they're gonna, yeah, yeah, like it's it's uh, it's scripted, which is yeah, fine. I mean, like I, they're they're I, selling you a narrative, and it's fine to like 
get invested, but um, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> okay, it's not. <laughs> You're always on the losing side of this. This this is a kind of a bugbear for me because, um, uh, you know, I have relatives who are elderly and who suffer from dementia, and the amount of elder fraud, like you have to like beat off, you know, the the elder fraudsters, you have to beat off them with a stick, is really a lot. And so I, I just like, it creeps me out when people are like, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's buy SM stock because then, you know, the guy from super junior will marry me or whatever, you know, like whenever it's yeah, like that yeah. type of thing, it's just like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have a heart attack. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, the, so um, the one that I see are fans, uh, fundraising money to buy iTunes songs for like, literally no other reason than like we're going to have a hit on itunes charts mm. or mm -hmm. you know i'm going to fundraise money for um we have to to buy all these cds so we can have a, a billboard number one yeah and and yeah. like what what is there's no bigger meaning to that you're literally just throwing money at the <laughs> company and what are you getting you're getting yeah. nothing you're getting that same content that the person who paid for one cd is getting <laughs> Like it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's kind of, to me, it's a bit sad because, you know, the reason why Korean fans buy lots of albums is because that's how you For get fan into fan signs. Yes. Yeah. Which at yeah. least, I mean, honestly, you're getting something. You're yeah. getting something. Yeah. No, I went, once I, uh, I got a Japanese D, uh, CD and I got a, uh, a handshake ticket to shake tails <laughs> yeah. in Tokyo. It's like, okay, now I need to just need to get to Tokyo and to find Tokyo. a time yeah. machine. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, and I think that's what the, the international fans don't understand. Like, especially the yeah. ones who have come in sort of um, in the last few years is mm -hmm. uh, especially the ones who've come in in the pandemic years. Yeah. Like when a Korean fans buy 400 CDs, uh, they get to go to the fan sign and you know, it's a whole big day. Uh, the idols may even give you presents. Like it's um, you get like that personal interaction. Is yeah. it worth a thousand dollars? You know, to maybe, you maybe, yeah. maybe not. Um, yeah. But that's what those 400 albums represent. It's not yeah. just this, throwing money away for nothing for <laughs> billboard number one like what literally what does that mean nothing it's nothing i i try to talk you know because there's the whole thing too i mean that started with justin bieber or at least in my uh with justin bieber and the bieber moms um uh, and doing the cd buyouts where they would where they would then take these cds and give them to like children's hospitals that didn't want them and that sort of thing yeah so, no, yeah and uh, that's can, uh, continues to this day all the directioners um mm -hmm. the swifties like all i feel like a lot of the pop pop acts do that yeah, guys guys give money to charity yeah. they want cash <laughs> they give don't them want cash your... don't give them to cds all right they don't you want your taylor swift cd <laughs> i mean honestly what are they gonna do with them no they don't want them and they probably have to get rid of them and pay to get rid of them somehow yeah, give yeah. charities cash save your cash and give it yeah. to charity and um yeah you know buy merch i guess but you know like yeah i don't see why you would you know, I, I try to discourage people from spending all day, you know, refreshing things on YouTube and stuff like that, you know, because, and I mean, YouTube's even worse because, you know, the amount of money that's going to the label, you know, to the, to the label and then the artist is like it's a so really small. tiny amount. Like yeah. there's, it, you know, it, go, you know, get a job instead, you know, and, uh, you know, again, I think it's an age thing, but, um, you know, I, it just disturbs me to, you can take your fandom passion and make it into something constructive for yourself. You know, you can do that. You can, uh, if you're really interested in Korean K-pop stuff like that, 
learn Korean. You know, I could, like that to me is something that I would not argue with. Like, you know, there's stuff that you could do with your time that's really worthwhile that you, you know, that, I mean, like what we've done, I mean, we've learned from being fans and then, you know, we're doing this and that with it, um, you know, and that's a lot more satisfying uh, than just, uh, you know, hitting refresh yeah. until you die. You, know? yeah, well, you get burnt out too. And, know, you know, you sit, you keep saying it's an age thing, but honestly, some of the worst instigators and encouragers of this behavior are the the women of the the, the believer moms yeah you know absolutely. it's the it's absolutely. the directioner yeah. moms it's the the yeah. twihard moms it's yeah. it's the women of a certain age who get swept up in the it's like the it's almost like a um, pyramid scheme you know yeah or the uh, the same women who might get caught up with like those um the the selling cults or whatever like it's they get sucked into this this mindset. Yeah, um, it's really sad. Yeah, I think it's very much like a pyramid scheme because, you know, who is Justin Bieber going to go meet? Is he going to meet the 100 kids who got to go buy a bunch of CDs or is he going to be the, meet the organizer? Yeah. You know, yeah. he's going to go meet the organizer like mm -hmm. that lady's in. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's uh, that's people do that for that reason. Yeah, yeah because you yeah, you you make a name for yourself. You whip up. You can say I can deliver this many um, yeah. people buying and yeah, you move up in the ranks. Yeah. Maybe you get, uh, a VIP seat, maybe you get a handshake, maybe you get a little backstage pass. I mean, this is this, all of this stuff is real. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you, the, the evidence is out there. Um, and the, uh, Mona, who I spoke with, um, who does the, um, substack about, she was the former directioner. Oh, you yeah. know, she mm -hmm. ha she has all the, the screenshots and um, everything for the, the people that did this for One Direction. I mean, it was just in, she just put a, out a post on it, you know, that the, the big super fans, um, the ones who could deliver the men, you know, they, they're the ones who they get special treatment. Yeah. 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 Well, I, th I think I did at one point um, because, uh, yeah, without without asking it for it. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. When the first time Block B. Uh, came to the States, they toured the States, um, they had a drawing to, uh, uh, to, you know, determine who could go in and, and shake their hands backstage. Yeah. And I just so happened to be one of the winners, you know, oh, interesting. and I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. a coincidence. I, I don't know that that was, <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah. And then of course that was, that was their first uh, U.S. tour and with a tour organizing company that wasn't very, lovely and so i wound up getting grabbed and yelled at for no reason <laughs> so, yeah well i mean that happens to uh, um the k-pop tour companies in the u.s i mean to this day are pretty uh i don't know i've had some bad experiences and yeah, uh, yeah I, i'll say that what are you doing <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah i'm standing here like were you telling me to stand and then they're like grabbing my arm and screaming at me like okay <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, they were they were the ones where they would push people like they, I don't I don't I don't know if that was like a cultural thing or what it was, but it was like you know you're gonna get punched in the face pretty soon. Well, I mean, honestly, I think it's it's uh, a disdain for yeah. K-pop and K-pop fans. Um, well, this, it was really funny because this was what back in uh, uh when was it 2014? I guess sure, yeah, yeah, 2014. So it's pretty early with the K-pop stuff. And uh, at least K-pop in the United States. Yeah. And the uh, the the staff at the at the venue 
um, and this was in New York, uh, and uh, they were not Korean, you know, and they didn't have anything to do with K-pop. And they were um, they were just shocked at like the handshake stuff, and yeah. you know, they were like, "That's crazy! What are they doing?" Yeah. You know, and 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 the, the someone was trying to explain to them like, well, it makes them feel more bummed, and then it's like that's insane. <laughs> you know? I mean, they're like, not wrong. Like, more like, well, you know, I feel like I have to do it because I want them to know that I'm like the blockb.com lady, and that yeah. you know, if they want me to change anything, I can change things. Like, I just felt kind of weird about you know, because I just up and bought the uh, I bought the domain name, you know, after they settled the lawsuit with stardom and said we're going to go out and you know we're going to do things on our own and i was like oh wow they're in trouble because they don't speak any english yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they don't they don't they, uh, they speak a little english but not much and the only thing that was out there on them that was in english was the stardom stuff about how they were working in secret with the old ceo who stole their parents money and all that kind of stuff and so i was like okay, <laughs> something needs to happen yeah. uh, for English speakers. So yeah, that, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so I felt like I felt like I had to go shake their hands, you know, like, I didn't feel like, I don't know, it would meant that we were bonded. <laughs> I don't know, like, there's um, like, when you're young, like when you're like the teenager that mm. uh, that I think a lot of this stuff is sort of obsessively targeted at, right? Um, you do like you do get so carried away, and like you do feel like when they're looking out in the concert audience, like they're looking at you specifically. Because I mean, I've I've felt that, like I've felt that, um, not with not with like you know K-pop necessarily, but um, like you know when you're a teenager, you go to a concert and like like oh my god. Like we made eye contact, like well, you, I have, you know, okay. you feel it. I have an eye contact story, which oh, is okay. really funny. Okay, so the the <laughs> person in Blackie who speaks English the best is Park Young, right? Uh -huh. And so when I was at that first concert, you know, I I told him because he was the one who would understand. I'm like, I do blackie.com, and he was like, Oh, you know, he's always <laughs> like that, you know. Oh, thank God, you know, you know, yeah. yeah. So we had this little like very surreptitious talk because they were yelling at us. So yeah. Anyway, um, so you know, we had this talk, and then uh, the next year rolls around. I think that was when they did their second. Yeah, they they did a, a tour in the U.S. the next year, and. Uh, but it was on the West Coast. But by that point, I had moved to the West Coast. So that yeah. was easy. So um, so I went to see them on the West Coast. And he recognized me from on stage. He didn't know what, what happens a lot of times with celebrities. If they recognize you, but they don't remember where they know you from, you must be a stalker. <gasps> because otherwise, oh, no. they wouldn't recognize you. So yeah. he gave me, like, he was just, like, glaring. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And I'm just saying, like, it creeps me out when people on stage look at you. Like, I've had uh, friends who are actors, and yeah. I, it's always weird for me when they're, like, break character and look at you, like, hi! You know? And so he's there, like, glaring, like, like shooting daggers out of his eyes. And I just said, like, oh, great. So I kind of, like, wove that, you know, waved yeah. at him and was that, you know, and it was just really embarrassing. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So we did make eye contact. <laughs> Okay, well, that that sounds like a great eye contact story. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to sweep me away and marry me, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well.
쉬게 아름다운 너 말날 숨쉬게 해 날개도 없이 하늘을 날게 해넌 나의 윤리구법이 자세게 You say you need a true love So I'm gonna kiss and I'll get you feeling for some touch I could be all in the above I just hope that I'm enough Cause I don't ever do this do get stalkers like it's yeah. not like that's yeah. that's a that's real concern yeah. yeah yeah oh gosh yeah it's <laughs> that it's just it's there's so much to love about k-pop and like it's just frustrating that um the the business end it just encourages sort of the worst in in fans like yeah it just, it just encourages like all of this terrible behavior. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think it really encourages that sense of entitlement, you know, yes, where, yeah. you know, the fans are the most important thing. It's like, not really. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, which you don't, I mean, you you don't get that as much in uh, the Japanese idol groups, which, mm. I mean, again, maybe that's, their, their videos are not the ones with, uh, you know, a billion views, but also, like, they're able to tell their fans, like, hey, uh, we're gonna cancel this show if you don't behave yourselves. Right, and then right. they'll they will follow through like on the threat. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really important that they are able to do that, and you know, and and that's why it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all when they you know when when K-pop artists are like you know stop following me or they're like yeah. you know you know let's turn this show off you know um that that's fine by me. Um, I I think that if you can't if you weren't allowed to set boundaries like that. Um, you know, it's, it's dangerous for one thing. And, um, you know, and it's just, uh, um, it makes, it makes me feel better that like, like block B, for example, feels okay about setting boundaries because like, I I mean, I guess there's never any guarantee that they're not being mistreated, but you know, they sued the people who mistreated them and they, uh, you know, and they're very blunt when they don't like something. It makes me feel more like they're able to, uh, keep going. I mean, you know, enjoy their life a bit uh as opposed to just being somebody who's like oh okay <laughs> you know? yeah i guess i guess i have to just smile take and it. like take it yeah <laughs> yeah just do do this thing my company says i have to i mean i feel like the dark side of k-pop stuff gets kind of uh overblown but i mean there is a dark side and there i think is. but yeah. but you know there's also mm-hmm. a dark side to um celebrity culture generally you know there are ways like knowing what's in your contract there are ways to like manage the uh the issues you know and so i think that that's that's important to me i don't i don't like it when people are just like oh well everyone's doomed you know or whatever it is you know like i it's just there are things you can do to make a situation more positive for you um, and I think that it's uh, important that people realize that and that it's okay for K-pop artists to do things like leave labels and, you know, go here and go there or retire or, you know, whatever it is, because, you know, that's what they should be doing. They, they shouldn't be like a, a label is a business you work for. It's not a family, you know, and uh, you should be feel free to leave it and you should feel free to uh to do what you want to do. Um, and, you know, just because you decided when you were 16 that you wanted to sing and dance for a living, you know, you were not shackled into slavery at that point, you know, you know, you do have, uh, you know, you, you can live life the way you want it. Yeah. I mean, and I guess, you know, it's just the same sort of 
show business stories that you hear over and over and over and over again um, in every industry. And, and I think you heard this more in the older generations of K-pop where it, it was somebody wanting to support their whole family or, you know, they had a single mom and um, right. wanted to make money or um, just these kind of like, oh, my parents went bankrupt. <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, and, and there were a lot more of those stories, I think, um, in previous generations than there are in sort of the newer trainees now that it's a little bit more of a, not a prestige career, but but you can, but yeah. it's, yeah, like um, the idea that like Blackpink, um, who are now like the face of like jewelry brands, um, mm-hmm. like global jewelry brands, right. you know, and like going to Paris fashion shows. Um, it, it, there's a bit more prestige there than in the days of, um, you know, like HOT, like <laughs> when, <laughs> when it really was more like, oh, oops, I need to earn money. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. I also, but I do kind of wonder about, um, you know, people being shut out. Do you know what I mean? Like if mm. you can't afford, like um, Yuan, for example, uh, his dad died when he was 10 and um, he wanted to go to dance school. So his brother, his older brother, like quit school and took a bunch of menial jobs to pay for him to go to dance academy. You know, is, is that the kind of thing you have to have? You have to have somebody who will pay for you to go to dance academy, pay for you to do this, pay for you to do that. Um, otherwise, you'll never even get in through the door as a trainee. You know, yeah. like that, that's why I think kind of the downside of the greater respectability of K-pop, that's a little troubling to me. But on the other hand, you know, you know, it's, it's nice that labor laws apply to the good and bad of, of professionalization. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, like in the olden days, I mean, it was like black market adjacent, like literally <laughs> anyone could just start a company <laughs> and like put out some idols and just hope for the best. <laughs> um, and yeah, like maybe you get block B. Um, but uh, yeah, it just takes so much money now and yeah. you really can't put out a bad, like you have to have um, like a brand and sort of some baseline of, of talent from the get go. Mm-hmm. Or you, or you need a big scandal, you know, <laughs> to get that, to get that media attention. Well, I, I, yeah, but that was not, oh, well, okay. You're talking about like with Black B, like the Thailand Oh no, scandal, yeah, that, that was, was not, not with, no, that wasn't a purpose. But I mean, yeah. to, to, I mean, but, honestly, to this day, like that girl group that just came out, um, Le Seraphim had like that big bullying scandal. Right. Um, right. you know, yeah, is, was it real or was it a chance to get some media play and get their name like all over the press? You know, I don't know. I'm really, I, I guess I, I just like bullying scandals just in general, because it's like, why are we dealing with it now? You know, like oh, yeah, we're yeah. 24, let's handle what you did when you were 13. <laughs> you know, right. Whatever. Right. You know, like, or this like, idea that nobody can ever grow and change. And, yeah. Um, or like, I mean, why aren't the teachers being held responsible for this? I, I mean, the, the well, I mean, the the culture around bullying in Korea is so specific. Um, it's such a big problem there. But yeah, like you know, a little psychopath, thirteen year old. Like there, there's like degrees of bullying. There's like there's yeah, there's degrees of bullying. I'll just say there's that. there's degrees of bullying, and and there's also just um like your psychopathic thirteen year old did not come out of nowhere. I mean, right, there's, there's right. something going on at that kid's house or whatever it is. Um, you know, and it's just like, why is this the focus? Like, why are we on the focus of it now that you're older and hopefully, hopefully, you know, more mature and that kind of thing? 
And if it got really bad, why are we blaming the 13 year old who's, you know, parents just got divorced or whatever the hell happened. Right. And now they're 23. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, could we have dealt and with this like no, 10 years no. ago? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and it, to me, there's a there's a big shakedown element too. So I, I just, um, I, I yeah, I mean, there's a shakedown element to every one of these scandals because <laughs> the, I mean, honestly, like, uh, I don't know, like, no one is a saint, and a lot of these there is kind of that element of like, well, if you just paid me off, like, no yeah. one has to know. Yeah, yeah. Park Young had a uh, bullying scandal happen, and it turned out that the. Uh, I don't know if you knew about his whole, he posted online about how um, certain artists were buying their own songs. Oh, oh gosh. No, I remember that. Maybe, but I know what you're talking about, but maybe you should explain it too. Oh, um, okay. So, so So this was just a few years ago too. This was, this was right before he went into the military. And, uh, um, it's uh, the, the Korean term for it is uh, sajeji, if I'm not saying that wrong. And what it is, it's actually illegal in Korea, just FYI. Um, it's buying your own music to make you chart higher. And what started to happen was um, in the, you know, back when you had to buy albums or you had to buy downloads that wasn't necessarily happening so much. But then you had these companies that had figured out, or these people who had figured out how to, um, how to sell streaming, you know, so that you could buy your own streams. And uh, um, so as a result, you had like these songs that were like old songs from people no one's ever heard of, like suddenly charting number one, you know? (laughs) And uh, so there was definitely something there. And there was a lot of very polite, you know, like K-pop artists getting up there and saying, hey guys, remember it's really good to get, you know, do well honestly. You know, and stuff like that. But no one really knew, you know, but there was never anything really specific. And so Park Young just plowed it <laughs> and put on Twitter and he listed, I think it was six different artists that he was like, these people are doing such a deal. And so, of course, they all immediately turned him around and, and sue him for defamation. Um, so then, of course, in that situation, you have to prove that each person did that. But what happened also was that all of a sudden everybody started coming out publicly and saying, yeah, this streaming business is going on. We've got offers. This had, you know, this happened, this happened, you know, and explaining these, uh, um, it really affected the charts a lot. So, um, you know, and, and it became this very public thing. Meanwhile, Park Young saying sued for defamation and then he wound up having to pay like $4,000. So, you know, no big deal. But then, Later on, it came out that he was a bully in school, and when he was 15, he smoked cigarettes, and he he claimed to have sex with girls, and he beat up little kids, you know, and, and oh, I think he's supposed to have beaten up the disabled and stuff like that. And then, so, so of course, that's bad, right, for him, right? But then it came out that the CEO of one of the labels of the one of the artists he accused of committing strategy had a meeting and told everyone at the meeting that he was responsible for tracking down these people <laughs> to right. make these bullying accusations against Park Young. Um, and the, the people, somebody at the meeting taped him because of course that's what you do. <laughs> um, and so then that, that, that came out on YouTube too. So, and then he went into the, what, you know, enlisted and what's going to happen yeah, when it yeah. comes out. I mean, hopefully, but, uh, um, um all sins, all previous sins forgotten. Because, like, to be honest, not a smart move, uh, naming and shaming. Yeah, true. But, but, it, but, but, it, what, yeah. but it had its effect, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and when people were polite, it did not have the effect. You know, when people were careful and didn't name and shame, yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't have that effect. So it's kind of like, 
Yeah, I know people were upset that he lost his lawsuit and stuff like that, but it's like sometimes you don't actually get like rewarded for doing the right thing. I mean, sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes that's how it works. Um, you know, a lot of whistleblowers lose their jobs, you know, so it's uh, um, that's that's unfortunately how it is sometimes. I think he can afford to pay the fine, you know, so I, I'm not really worried about it. I'm more worried that he feels like, you know, like that he feels like he can't come out or whatever it is, you know, he's a, he's a little, he's a little insecure, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that um, overall people in the industry are happy that he did what he did. Yeah. I mean, the thing with, Sa- oh, gosh, I'm going to say it wrong too. Sa- Sa- Sajay G. Sajay G. S-A-G- yeah, like yeah um is that uh i mean i think it's pretty plausible that there are artists who don't realize that that's what's happening mm-hmm. um you know if the company is doing it and you just see your song going up um, yeah i mean are you really going to question that you, i mean no you're not you're not you're <laughs> like oh i'm really popular you're not going to question that right. so i mean i i do think it is plausible that uh the artists themselves may have some degree of um innocence um in right. this whole thing but the the companies yeah it, it, but but again <laughs> it's it's all about hitting the the metrics to get the media play like oh we mm-hmm. get number one that's an article that's getting my name out there. Um, I mean, it's a competitive marketplace. There's a lot of people that want to be number one. Yeah. And simply getting on a top 10 list. Yeah. You'll sell more because um, they, well, for one thing with the streaming services, they actually have like top 40 of the day type lists that people will just play those lists. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being in the, like the top 40 of the top 10 will do it. Um, certainly in book selling, being in the top 10, uh, if you're on that first page of that, uh, of that, uh, you know, Amazon bestseller list, you'll sell books that will, that by itself will get you to sell books. Um, and then you, as you drop off the first page, there's this very specific drop in your, uh, in your sales because people don't click through to the second page of that list. So like the difference between being number 10 and number 11 can actually be pretty impactful. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing, but you know, we talk about things being marketing, top 10 lists are marketing, <laughs> like, like, like bestseller lists, uh, you know, billboard lists, that type of stuff. It is just marketing. And uh, uh, that's why these lists exist uh, from an industry perspective. You know, people thought it was worth it for them. But the thing is with a lot of these, uh, the the streaming strategy people was that they would, um, they do it for a share of the revenues. Mm. So there was no upfront money to be paid. So that made it a lot more affordable to uh, like a new act or something like that. Like then, cause you know, the thing is with, there's a lot of people out there who will be like, Hey, if you give me a million dollars, I'll make your thing a bestseller. And they may not be lying, but you're never getting that million dollars back. You're not going to recoup that money that you've spent on the marketing, you know? Um, so with these, with these, uh, the streaming Saturday people, um, you didn't have to worry about that because they would just take a share of your revenues interesting business. (laughs) Yeah, it is. What I find fascinating too is how fans seem to have learned from these practices. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no better bulk streamers or mass streamers than, than K-pop fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, And they, they study the rules. They study the chart rules. They study the, um, for every country, they do tests, they do testing like they're, um, yeah. And, and, it's pretty wild, and they'll just post everything up on um, on the internet for everyone to see. 
so that you can how you do it (laughs) yeah yeah and and you know they'll say like oh look look here we ran this test we got two hundred thousand more streams my Mm. group of 300 people got two hundred thousand streams on this song yesterday look here's the proof we charted this song from three years ago yeah 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 Yeah, i mean it's it's sajayji but legal you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not Sajaji because it's fans, fans doing right, it, right. Not, you know, but uh, uh, I, don't, I, yeah, I do kind of wonder, like, you know, are we, we train uh, young people to, <laughs> yeah. to you Talk know, like, uh, how to game a system. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like the top 100 lists or whatever are, I don't feel like they're these sacred things, you know, they exist, um, to market, but I do kind of, you know, in terms of what people are doing with their time, like as a fan, you know, right. is that really, uh, you know, is that, was that really worth it? You know? Yeah. Cause this is where I, I mean, I, I think actually it should be the company that pays to, <laughs> to, to get you on the, t- like it shouldn't be the fans paying <laughs> to get you on the top 10 list. In some ways, I think I'd prefer just the outright like corporate corruption, right? Because at least then I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> Good old mm. pay. Sadly, also illegal here. So, there, there, one, the hunking and old boon, name and chum boon, a wheel microwave. Good, a cure on in the motan, sarum charging me on Stop, Nigga better than melody to chat What is right and what is wrong at all? Well, and but but again, like you know, I think the business culture in Asia too, like you know, there are it's like I always say that Korea, Korea, Taiwan, um, you know, these companies kind of pulled themselves up to modernity, like in the the eighties into the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still just kind of that like handshake like can't shake business deal like right there was just an article it was in financial times uh about this was in japan um about the the uh tokyo olympics and the corruption allegations there and um they arrested the (laughs) they arrested like some executive from uh dentsu i think maybe um for bribing uh, one of the the members of like the Tokyo 2020 um, commission, and his quote was so funny. Oh, I I, I wish I could pull it up, um, but he said something like, "Oh, I didn't see it as a bribe. Like he was just giving him this this money, and like, it was just I mean That's just because he was service arrangement. Yes, Hello, it was just like fee for it was like basically just pay for play. Like oh yeah, I gave him the money, 
and he made he made this you know deal happen for us like that's just that is how business works hello and this was an older gentleman i think in his you know maybe 70s or 80s but but it was like that's just how business works like well he was like so it was just so funny like he clearly didn't think he'd done anything wrong he was like no i this is how this is how we do business i give you the money and you give me the thing that i want (laughs) like what's the problem Right. But but it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you see um, like these the, the corporate deals in Korea or like, oh, OK, this company is doing this for the government. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and you just, you know, it's very much like, I mean, sure, you can take it at face value and like, wow, those idols are just so nice and patriotic that they're going to. Oh, and definitely a lot of that, like with the, the present part stuff you know yeah. where she was like pulling uh yeah she took down like one of like the uh, a high-ranking executive at um cjnm because she didn't like the saturday night live skit there was a korean saturday night live skit making fun of her and so she took down like whatever it was like a vice chairman or some, somebody very high-ranking mm. of the conglomerate that owns the korean saturday night live you know I mean, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of, I think, I think a lot of that is that smaller country thing too, mm. where, you know, it always seems like kind of one hand's washing the other and, and people, you know, went to college together and they did this and that together. Yeah. And, uh, um, well, and there's and, also this idea too, of like the, the, the greater project, like, you know, this little stuff doesn't matter because we're putting, we're Korea building something we're putting Korea on the map, we're building something bigger. It's for, you know, the the rising tide lifts all boats. I mean, which may be nonsense, <laughs> um, depending on what, what you're talking about. But I mean, I feel like there is some of that too. Like, well, it doesn't really matter because we're trying to catch up to the rest of, of Asia, you know. Yeah. That was one of the things that troubled me about, you know, the big hit IPO was that whole um the pension fund made something like they invested something like $27 million into the company and made 240 million, something along those lines. And, uh, um, you know, uh, because the IPO was priced so high and meanwhile, the same government is supposed to be regulating the marketing surrounding IPOs, you know, and it's just like, hmm, you know, like, so I'm the, not real comfortable with that. Yeah, the um, only yeah. honest reporting you found about the big hit IPO was in places like the Financial Times. Um, yeah. And a lot of ordinary people lost oh, money. God. A yeah, lot just, of ordinary yeah. people lost money on that day. There, there were people asking, like, well, can I, can I, can I refund? refund? Yeah. yeah, oh, my God. Or the guy yeah. who, what was he trying to buy a house or pay for college or it do something, something where he needed yeah. a certain amount of money at a certain time and he put it into the big IPO? It's like, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's, again, it's like the flip side of these, you know, thinking that, um, that, that, that you're selling K pop and you're selling these products as kind of, um, sure things and like the new big the the next big thing in america they're so popular in america Mm. um when when it's just media play it's just it's it's not real and um the fact that like there's no one to to check it there's no one to say (laughs) well you know actually (laughs) like yeah yeah well you know and then here we have what's called a quiet period before an ipo you know where you you file your final, you know, your financial statements 
And then there's this period that passes before you actually put the stocks on the market and, 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 and do the IPO. In the United States, we have something called a quiet period. Um, and you're not supposed to say anything about your plans. You're, there, people are just supposed to be able to rely on your final financial filing. And you're not supposed to be able to say stuff about what you're doing and what you're not doing. And, and that clearly does not exist in Korea because, you know, that's when Big Hit bought uh, Zico's label, the KOZ, and they, they, they were like, oh, or, or announced that they were going to, you know, that, so you, you have this filing saying, we're almost completely dependent on BTS for all our money. And then you have this period in between the actual issue where you're saying, oh, but we've bought this company, and we're going to buy this company, we're going to buy this company. So don't you worry, we'll be diversified, you know? And then, they, yeah, and, then they, yeah. and then they issue their stock. And it's like, and if you know a bit more, I mean, like, there's no way Zico makes the kind of money BTS makes. You know, he's not nearly as big abroad, and he doesn't sell merch like they but do. But if all you're stuff. just like a punter, I mean, yes. we should if you're be... you're a Korean punter. If, yeah, we should be clear. Zico is Huge. one of the top stars in Korea, like his, yeah. his, I mean, he dominated the, um, just his songs. They're, they're very popular. Um, very popular. yeah, he, he's very, you know, like, like this, uh, he has a song that just came out called freaks and it's, it didn't chart that well in Korea, but it doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. You know, he has endorsements of the wazoo. He's doing concert after concert after concert, because at this point he's at a stage where he could release i don't know static and no one would buy it but yeah. they still go to his concerts because they're awesome you know he was one of i think maybe two he might have he might have even been the only um k-pop act at um like the big japanese music festivals he was at oh, yeah he was at summer yeah. sonic yeah and it was oh, either yeah. it was him there might have been one more but um but he was definitely like like oh okay we have a k-pop so we got zico like at summer sonic yeah. like that's a big deal like that's a right. huge festival very prestigious yeah yeah and he's he's doing it again i think tomorrow or whenever they're doing it yeah. Um, yeah he did it like two years ago and uh um or yeah before he went into service anyway yeah and so like if you're korean if you're american like clearly bts is the bigger act yeah. I mean, obviously, no questions asked. If you're Korean, well, gosh, it's kind of a toss-up, you know. And so, if it, if that's a if that's where you're at, like he's this huge star in Korea, so you're kind of like, oh wow, okay. So now they'll now they'll have Zico. So now they don't now we don't have to worry about BTS going into the military. And it's like, oh gosh, you know, like I I don't mm -hmm. I mean you know, love Zico to death, love his music, think he's wonderful, but gee, I don't think he's earning the way BTS is earning. Well, because, and here's the thing, like, um, if you want to talk about HYBE, BTS's um, sort of company, uh, a lot of what they're selling is merchandise. Yeah. And they're trying to pivot into, like, mobile games and apps. That is that is what they've been pushing. Um, they just had... Uh, so, J-Hope, one of the members, just released a solo album for which Zico dutifully made his appearance <laughs> at the listening party, like a did good I? like a good little mm -hmm. soldier. Um, yeah, and he did a little interview with, with J-Hope. Yeah, yeah, he did. It was very cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... But um, they didn't release a physical album for J-Hope. What they did was um, say, okay, well, we're going to have it on this new app weverse albums and downloads of that went from i think uh 5000 downloads of weverse albums to something like 50000 like they're they're really trying to push this kind of tech angle 
Mm-hmm. And that's what they're selling. Right. Um, Zico is not doing that unless I'm no. really missing something. No. And and the thing is that, you know, when they did this deal, actually, when I when I was a first announced, I didn't believe it was real because Zico had just gone into the uh, into service. Like, why would you buy KOZ? I mean, there's another artist in KOZ named Dawn, but Dawn is not anywhere near as big as Zico either, mm-hmm. even, you know? So why would you buy KOZ if you don't have Zico for like a year or you know, two years now? You know, why would you, why would you ever buy this company um, when, there's, when this big moneymaker isn't going to be there? And it was like, oh, it's so they can announce that they bought his company. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so... The thing is, is that that was after Zico did any song, which was huge. That Massive. was a huge song, yeah. and uh, um, so I don't, I don't see like I, I, in general, I don't see him. He's never been like the world's most cooperative individual. Like he kind of does what he wants to do, um, and uh, and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, but you know, he has his own mind and he does things his own way. I I don't see him like why at this point in his career would he sign a traditional K-pop contract where he has to do what Hybe tells him to do and he has to give Hybe all his money. Like, why would he do that? Unless they came to his house with the guns or something. <laughs> you know, like the, there's literally, he's not in a position where he would be doing that. Now he is trying to launch a boy group and I'm sure the boy group will probably be a bit more beholden to Hybe. But like, as far as his own career, yeah, I don't, I don't see like, I don't see them getting revenue from him much in the way of revenue from him because I think he's going to keep more revenue for himself. I think he doesn't earn the way that they, you know, the way BTS earns. Um, And I don't think he's necessarily willing to change the way he does business very much. You know, like if they want to sell more shirts, fine. But if they want him to do, you know, fan signings every week, no, you know, I just don't see him doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, in Hybe, they really, really, I mean, this is what I'm just seeing anyway. They're pivoting we're trying to pivot to like games mm-hmm. um and and apps and um that kind of that kind of thing so i mean unless he's gonna suddenly be active on um their little weavers platform like i yeah, yeah I, he, I, th- I think you're very right yeah he he is active there but yeah i don't think he's that you know bts they used to do have like bts tv which they were what doing it every day on youtube like they, yeah they're they're like they're big product is like hashtag content like they are content machines Mm. and um it's it is amazing to me and every like they'll go you know they go on these hiatuses um and then but i mean they're not releasing music but they are putting out all this video content Mm. um they're not they're they're never really they're not no no and it's (laughs) yeah um the the, i mean i don't want to go into it but that that fan base is very problematic in how yeah. they uh, relate to um, BTS and K-pop and HYBE in particular. They they seem to really have sort of swallowed a lot of the um, marketing. Well, with, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was the thing when I whenever I was trying to look into HYBE's IPO just out of curiosity because again, you know, I used yeah. to be a reporter. You know, I'd like go on Twitter or go look here and look there and just have a heart attack. I mean, yeah. you know, like people are just like, oh, well, you know, like, like they're thinking it's like magical. It's like, guys, it's an IPO. I came you like, yeah. smart enough, yeah. smart enough, smart enough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's, not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Uh, and they, they have these, um, you know, sp- speaking of like cults and stuff, 
and I mean, I'm picking on BTS <laughs> fans. Which we are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I'm, you know, I'm picking on BTS fans, but but you find it with you know almost all K-pop groups. But there'll be these magic words like you know organic. Um, it's a big deal to be like organic views and organic and, mm. you know, with no sort of idea that like, well, you know, nothing is organic. <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, no, uh, like commercial fertilizers. Like it's, it's, <laughs> you know, this, this term doesn't mean what you think that it means. It's, it's not a, it's like a totem. It's, um, it yeah. has no real meaning in the real world. And how is it organic if you've just been spending a week, you know, refreshing things on yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Test, doing your test thing to see who got the most streams and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, and then you have a group like um, Big Bang come through. They dropped this song, um, Still Life, with literally no promo. They didn't go on a single music show, nothing. Um, it's it's been one of the top songs of the year. So like. Yeah, I mean, Big Bang is always that way, man. Big Bang delivers the songs, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's always a funny thing because you know, I mean, I, as as you as you you're, you're well aware, you know, people are like, oh, well, this group's trying to be that group, or this group's trying to be that group. It's like they're all trying to be Big Bang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what I what I came to appreciate about um, Block B is I think you know, maybe they were formed with the idea that like, okay, we can be another big bang. But I, I do think that, um, they're a lot weirder, <laughs> they're, no, but, they, but they, they really kind of developed their own, their own thing, you know, yeah. and they became block B. And then you had the groups that were like, we're going to be block B. Mm. And, um, but, but the other thing about block B is I feel like they also, they deliver the goods. Um, and Zico in his solo songs, um, mm. you know, he delivered the goods like it was I mean there's a reason I think that everyone was like ooh Zico's company because he's a, a reliable you know generator of, of good music and people yeah. people want to hear what they're going to do next you know yeah I think in the industry they're kind of a lot of people are kind of uh, wish they could be in that position you know where they're mm. making music and they can kind of say what they want and you know and and uh they don't you know i mean not not without limits but you know um a lot less limitations than than other people have and you know he doesn't have to live with his band you know with his group mates anymore and, or, or yeah. pretend to which i think happens <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think he's uh, a lot of people in the industry kind of uh, wish they could have his career, you know, just because he's, he's been able to, um, I mean, it's not been without compromise, but I think it's with relatively little compromise considering the K-pop industry. Yeah. Zico does the Zico thing. Um, it's, you know what it's going to be. I think that was kind of my, thing you know when everyone was trying to be block b they were making music i really liked and then when they stopped trying to be right. <laughs> and moved on to be other things i was like hey <laughs> <laughs> well then you get you got the the big wave of like edm and stuff and you're kind of i was like oh, all right yeah. Yeah, there it is <laughs> <laughs> but again that's like the um the k-pop trend machine which i always bring up but it's like i don't think i told this story i might have told the story but um, I think I did the, uh, so I had a friend who was living in Seoul and she said that, um, like one day this churro stand sort of appeared out of nowhere mm. 
and everyone's kind of like oh churros huh but then all of a sudden they were just like a line down the block for a churro stand <laughs> and then there were just like churros everywhere yeah. churros everywhere your ice cream is churro ice cream and your coffee is yeah. churro coffee yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like the next week like we're on to something else and that's just kind of how k-pop is i think in a way and that you know there are you can still get churros in seoul <laughs> and they're delicious right, but right. like the, the the trend machine has moved on to something else mm-hmm. yeah and that's i think that that definitely happens um in k-pop yeah for sure well, was there anything else you wanted to touch on well i just wanted to say, make a song suggestion actually yeah yeah uh, well there's this i don't know if you if you know about it but there's a song it's actually um in theory by it well it was done under it was done when Brand New Stardom was a thing, and it's the the pre-debut version of Block B that they did for uh, Miss S, and it's called, I think, it's, it's Not Over, and that has Hane and Mino in it. Oh, um, nice. And then it's just Zico, Park Young, Yugon, Hane, and Mino. Baby, no, I don't know, I don't know why. So that was the, the five member lineup <laughs> to make it even more like Big Bang. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it's an interesting uh, song to listen to, um, and uh, yeah, and a little bit of history there. So um, yeah, that that might be an, a fun one to to play. Yeah, I can play play us out on that. But yeah, I have to say the PO and Mino like BFFF friendships very nice. Yeah, well that's that's they and they've been able to. Uh, you know that did you ever see did you see the matchup no Mm-mm. oh god okay you'll you'll it's it's pretty upsetting when they when they run into mino again oh uh, the back i've i did um i yeah the instant where they run into him backstage and he's yeah. with that like ballad group yeah the ballad group he was yeah with yeah oh, i know yeah it, it's just awful yeah i just i just uh i i it does make me wonder like you know what the hell was going on there i don't know i, I mean I've, I've worked with kids in like uh, professional situations you know like trying to get them to like intern and you know understand what it means to work at a job and stuff like that and I can't just I can't imagine dealing with something as basic as like Fred left our job and has gone to a different job that in such a way that you know everybody's you know crying and yeah. you know well I mean I, it's you know a lot of this it's like that boot camp mentality like you I mean you I feel like you know, as much as we say that some of this stuff is fake, I think some of this stuff, I mean, they do get really bonded. Like you would, mm-hmm. like, you know, you've been through hell together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, your, your teammate joins like another team. It's just like, you, know, you don't see him anymore. Maybe you'd seen him like every day for like two yeah. years. Yeah. But like, I would like, you know, but I guess that's, that's what I feel is kind of, I, well, I, I'm, I do wonder if they were like instructed not to interact with him or something like that, because like, you know, because Pio and Mino had a friendship that predates um you know the group yeah um, and so oh my I, god they there was um because i'm like a winner i love winner um yeah. but they did like this really funny video for their last comeback of them it was them reading their own like namu like wiki entry <laughs> like, <laughs> there was a link to like a pre-debut video of the two of them like yeah, doing karaoke that's a fabulous video you can find that video on youtube yeah, yeah. and he re- and he disliked and reported <laughs> and, he's <just> <laughs> and he's like no dislike <laughs> report <laughs> it's so cute though <laughs> <laughs> oh 
like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> this must be buried and forgotten. <laughs> oh, too bad. No, nope, we all have seen it. It's extremely cute. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's still on YouTube. You can also play this out on that. <laughs> And that's a that's a dynamic duo song for people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so funny. I love them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, I don't know, sometimes I get kind of like, oh, why do I still like care about all this K-pop stuff? But then like you see like those genuine moments. You're like, yeah, I do care. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like with the fan drama, like, that's when it's like, okay, you know, I need to stop. Um, yeah. I mean, I do look at what fans, because sometimes they find stuff out, you know, and that, that I need to know about to put on, like, the schedule page and stuff like that. But, yeah, like, I get tired of the fans way more often than I get tired of the group. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking and for um, all your work with BlackBee.com. I found that just incredibly helpful, like going through it, even just for like marking like timelines and um, Mm. uh, just, yeah, it was, it's a very useful resource for anybody um, curious about Block B or curious about um, just sort of K-pop business and K-pop trends. And you had this one, I'll link it, um, a really funny post about uh, K-hip-hop, yeah, K-hip-hop and like how they deliberately try to look ugly and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's the blog. I was thinking, uh, yeah, well, and then there's blockb.com, which is uh, the actual, not, not the blog, but the mm, uh, blockb.com. Mm. And uh, um, that I, I'll, I'll just, I'll just pitch it and say, hey, there's a lot of uh, the um, early uh, mixtape songs. Mm-hmm. Like there's at least a hundred there. It was a real pain in the butt to build those pages. So, um, and you can listen to the music and you can also download it. So, you know, because it's, it's not under copyright since they're just mixtape songs. So yeah, if people are curious and they want to hear Zika before he, he hit puberty and stuff like that, <laughs> it's a good resource. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly a work of um, love and time. <laughs> So no, it's a great, (laughs) (laughs) really great resource. And, um, hopefully next time, you know, if, uh, you do get to see Block B again, there'll be positive eye contact. (laughs) 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 He's either smarmy or he's just really staring down. (laughs) Well, let's hope for some smarm. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. No, thank you. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. Kumachin
이렇게 정리할 수는 없어 내 몸매만 제자리에 멈춰 떠나갈 생각은 절대로 안해 너란 여자는 나의 기억 속 원망하기에 시간이 없어 가려면 나의 날 밟고 지나가 사랑했단 말 아낀다던 말 모두 다 거짓말이니 끝이라는 말 쉬우라는 말 모두 다다 믿지 않아 It's not so over 너만 만면이면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면면